Welcome to Writes for Women, a podcast all about celebrating women's voices and supporting women writers. I'm Pamela Cook, women's fiction author, writing teacher, mentor, and podcaster. Before beginning today's chat, I would like to acknowledge and pay my respects to the Dharawal people, the traditional custodians of the land on which this podcast is being recorded, along with the traditional owners of the land throughout Australia. And a quick reminder that there could be strong language and adult concepts discussed in this podcast, so please be aware of this if you have children around. Let's relax on the convo couch and chat to this week's guest. Hi everyone, Pam here. Just popping on to do a quick wrap-up for 2022 for Rights for Women. I've actually just finished uploading my final podcast for the year, which is from yours truly. And it's a solo episode this week where I share 10 lessons that I've learned in 10 years of publishing. Uh, It's 10 years this year since my first book, Blackwater Lake, was published. And I sat down a little while ago and wrote out things off the top of my head that I thought were like important things for aspiring and emerging writers to know and perhaps for established writers to be reminded of from time to time. I just thought it would be really great to just share my experience. So that's all there in the episode that you're about to hear. So a little wrap up for 2022 as well. I thought that I would finish the year off telling you how things have been for me this year in terms of both writing, podcasting, and a little bit of personal stuff. So it's been a super busy year for me, completing Because You're Mine, the women's fiction novel that I've been working on for a number of years now and sending that around to publishers, which is still out there floating around in the publishing ether. I also started the sequel to Blackwater Lake, my first published book, because I'd always had this idea for the continuation of Eve's story. I'm about halfway through that. That's called Out of the Ashes. And I will also be writing a third book. So you will end up being a Blackwater Lake trilogy, which I'm really excited about. And I've also been doing weekly podcast episodes, (laughs) which regular listeners will realise. And it's been really great to have some guest hosts helping me out with that, which I'll talk about a little bit more down the track. And of course, also doing teaching workshops and courses. Personally, I've been dealing with a few issues in my family, my 98-year-old mother, and amazing that she's still here with us at 98, but she did go into aged care halfway through the year, has had a number of falls, a number of issues, got COVID, so it's been quite a stressful six months for me personally dealing with that. But also on the upside, a new baby in the family and a wedding just recently in November, so there's been lots of emotional ups and downs, and Fitting all the work and writing and everything in between all that has been a challenge. I will say that my writing has suffered because of that, but then I think you just have to allow for those times in your life when things don't go according to plan. In other writing news, though, I have signed a contract for a novella. So I have never written a novella before, and I'm really excited to announce that I will be part of a Christmas anthology published by Harlequin next year along with Penelope Janu, Alyssa Callan, Lily Malone and Stella Quinn. All together in an anthology, it's got a vet theme and a Christmas theme. And because we are all authors who have written stories, rural fiction, rural romance, women's fiction stories, which involve vets, we are all joining forces and creating this anthology, which Harlequin are publishing. Massive shout out to my fellow novelists, if that's a word. And I'm really excited to be taking part in that project and I will be 
head down, bum up in the next five weeks, getting that novella done. Mine will be set in Yarraby in the town where Blackwater Lake is set. It will have a new bunch of characters as well as a few familiar ones. And yeah, I'm just super excited to be doing that. It's just something so new and different. And as I mentioned, I am now working also on the sequel to Blackwater Lake and planning a third book. And I've just always wanted to finish Eve's story and to see what happened to her, basically. And so I'm also hoping to announce some other exciting news related to that project in the early in the new year. So watch this space. I'm also very excited to be updating my website early in the new year with a fabulous new website, which the wonderful Michelle Barraclough from Fresh Web Design will be designing for me. And just today I've actually received my photos. I had a new set of author photos done by Emma from Simply Branded Photography, and she's blown me away with the shots, the quality of the shots that she's taken. They're just stunning and um, not saying that I'm stunning. The photos are stunning because we as much as I hate looking at myself, Emma has done an amazing job and highly recommend her services. If you are looking for author shots or even family shots, any kind of fabulous portrait photography, Emma is your girl over at Simply Branded. So check her out on Instagram. And I'll also put a link to her website in the show notes. I'm also in the process of turning my, probably my most popular workshop that I've taught in the past, Turn Up the Tension, into an online course, which I'll be running and I'm excited about how that's shaping up. I'm hoping to have that up and running sometime in February, and I'll be posting more information about that in the coming weeks on my socials and in my newsletter, which will be going out in the next week. And I'm also hoping to plan a writing retreat for some time in 2023. So lots happening on the teaching front as well. On the podcast front, it's been amazing to have such great guest hosts come on board for the podcast this year, and it's really helped with the workload. I'm still doing all the editing, producing and releasing and publicising, but it's great to have some other people on the team. A shout out to all those amazing guest hosts who have been taking part and who are lined up for 2023. Coming up in 2023, Meredith Jaffe is going to be chatting to Kylie Ladd. Mary Lou Stevens will be talking to Joe Dixon, who is a debut author with a fabulous new crime novel coming out. I'll be talking to Lisa Island, who has a brand new book coming out in January, which is very exciting. I'll also be talking to historical fiction author Terry Green, member of the Inkwell, and Terry and I have been trying to line this episode up and it will be coming to you first up in 2023, and that's a really good one. Fiona Robertson will be chatting to Jonelle about writing short stories, and there's going to be a whole lot more. I'm also going to be releasing the episode on creating tension with Natasha Lester, and we'll be having a kind of deep dive about tension in her latest novel, The Three Lives of Alex St-Pierre, so watch out for that one early in the new year. Lots of other things coming, which we are still planning along with the guest hosts. Also continuing the Patreon program and a massive shout out to everybody who supports the podcast on Patreon. Patreon, it does pay for the editing service. It pays for the, the editing, the uploading service, the distribution service, Omni, that I use to get the podcast out to everyone. An enormous thank you to everybody who supports the podcast on Patreon. I really appreciate your patience. In the last six months, as I said, with everything going on, I have fallen behind with getting the Patreon bonuses out. But that is number one on my to-do list over the break, over the next four weeks. All those, the backlog of things that you haven't got, if you're a Patreon supporter at this point, you will be getting them. And I will be definitely keeping on top of that in the new year. So if you'd like to find out more about how you can support the podcast on Patreon, 
check out the website, rightsforwomen.com, and there is a Patreon tab there that will tell you more. You can also sign up for the newsletter while you're on the Rights for Women website while you are there and keep up to date with all the news. Um, it was great fun this year doing the podcast collaboration with Claudine Tonellis at Talking Aussie Books as part of the Romance Writers of Australia Talking Romance series that we did together. And if you haven't caught those episodes yet, they're all out there. And I've got another one which is coming out, which has just come out, and that will be the last of that series. But find you'll find all the backlist of those at Talking Aussie Books and at Rights for Women. They were all recorded while we were at the RWA conference in Fremantle, and there's some really great information there for writers of all genres it does you don't have to be a romance writer to listen to them it's just really interesting stuff about the writer's journeys um writing tips some really great writing tips in those episodes and some great new books that you might like to find out about by listening to those as well huge shout out to all the authors who took part in that and to claudine for coming up with such a fabulous idea and setting that up Hopefully you also caught the recent series of videos and um, episodes, mini-sodes, I guess they are, featuring the four top reads for the year from myself and the guest hosts. So if you haven't caught those, they're all up now and out there. We didn't quite get to 12. I think we made it to about eight. <laughs> it was supposed to be the 12 days of Christmas, but it's a really busy time for everyone, so not all the guest hosts and authors who were going to record those episodes were able to, but a massive shout out to Joe Riccioni, Meredith Jaffe, Joanna Nell, Michelle Barraclough, Laura Boone, Cassie Hamer and Maya Linnell for their reading recommendations. Definitely look those up and there is plenty there to keep you reading over the Christmas and holiday period. And also great gift suggestions. If you are like me and have yet to do your Christmas shopping or to complete it, then look no further than those lists for recommendations for reading. So that's about it for the wrap-up. I will be taking a break from podcasting until January 20. This episode is going out on December 16, so I'm giving myself a month off and hoping to catch, I will definitely be catching up on all those things that I haven't yet done and also be hanging out with family, having a little break away and writing a novella. So it's been a massive year with 50 podcasts released and I'm really grateful to everybody who has tuned in. The great thing about podcasts, of course, is that the content is evergreen. It's always there for you to listen or watch. You can obviously subscribe to the podcast feed wherever you do get your podcasts, whether that's Spotify, Apple, Google, all the major podcast platforms, you'll find Rights for Women. And you'll also, of course, find the audio and video at rightsforwomen.com under the podcast tab. And you can also go to the Rights for Women channel on YouTube to watch the videos. So plenty of options. If you do love an episode or if you particularly enjoyed any of the episodes during the year and didn't get time to write a review, if you do have a few spare minutes over the holidays, I would really appreciate you going back and writing a quick review Having those reviews there, it's a bit like book reviews on Goodreads and things and Amazon. It pushes you up the list a bit and it allows more people to find out about the podcast and so we can expand the audience. Thank you so much for tuning in. It's been a great year, a busy year, a big year, and I just hope that you have a wonderful Christmas. Take some time with your family and friends and for yourself, of course, and hopefully that will be with a wonderful book. And I will see you on the Convo Couch here in Virginia at Rights for Women in 2023. Happy Christmas, everyone.
Hi everyone, it's Pam here from Rights for Women and this is the little extra episode that I've decided to do in a way to celebrate for me 10 years in the publishing industry. So today is the 10th anniversary of the release of my very first book, Blackwattle Lake, and it's been a fantastic experience over the last 10 years that if somebody had told me even five years before that, even a couple of years or one year before that, that I would have experienced this wild ride that I've had for the last decade. I could not have even imagined it. Earlier this year, I finished up the course I was teaching, Write Your Novel course with AWC, the Australian Writers' Centre. Shout out to Valerie and the team at the Australian Writers' Centre. And as a wrap-up type thing, I just off the top of my head jotted down some the things that really came to me and that felt important that I wanted to impart to the students who were trying to get their first manuscript ready to get out into the world, to hopefully be accepted by a publisher or to be published themselves. And as I said, I wrote those just purely off the top of my head and I thought, I really just want to share what I've learnt with everybody. And I could probably spend hours and hours doing that. But As a way of celebrating and acknowledging my 10 years in the industry, I thought I would share with you the things that I shared with them and just talk a little bit about some of the things that I have learned about writing and about the publishing industry over the last 10 years. So the first thing, of course, is to always keep writing. Now, these are things I don't always necessarily do myself, but the most important thing is to finish the manuscript Actually, even just this week, I had a student who I'm doing some mentoring with ask me, I've got these chapters, do you think I should just submit them as a synopsis to a publisher? And I said, no, definitely finish the story. You don't know what you've got until you get the whole thing down. Getting to the end is important. You never really know the story until you reach the end. So the most important thing is to keep writing. And I know that can be really difficult and I know that there can be so many obstacles to that. And I'm going to address some of those in some of the other things that I'm going to talk about. But number one, keep writing, finish the manuscript. Secondly is to carve out time for yourself for writing. There's always going to be other things to do. We're always going to be too busy for it. But if writing is a passion for you, and I know it is if you're listening to this, you need to keep exercising that writing muscle and not let it waste away. Even if it's only 20 minutes a few times a week, even if it's only 20 minutes once a week, get the words down, carve the writing time out. And when you're there in the moment, in that writing place and in that process, try not to think about the end result of what's going to happen with the words that you're getting on the page. While you're there and you put yourself in a little bubble, it's you and your writing, you're just getting the words down and you're not thinking beyond that at that point in time. Again, these are words I need to practice as well as preach because I do have long periods where I don't actually write anything down. I let life get in the way. I let the podcast get in the way. I let teaching get in the way, family, all sorts of things. And I know from experience that a lot of the reason that I do that is because of fear fear of what the words are going to be when they can't get on the page, fear I don't know what I'm going to write next, fear that nobody's going to want to read it if I do bother writing it. But I have really come full circle this year and realised, as I knew and I have known all along, the writing is the most important thing and getting those words down in any form is important and you must do it. Obviously related to that 
is what I'm going to say next, number three, and that's that perfectionism is your nemesis in the draft stage. Remember to always separate the writing process, the drafting process, from the revision process. You're using two completely different parts of your brain. So I always get this wrong, but I'm pretty sure it's the right side of our brain, which is our creative side. I always think it should be the left, but it's the right. So just get into your writing zone, let the words flow, keep that creative well filled by doing lots of things that inspire you, talking to people who inspire you, reading books that inspire you, writing little snippets, writing without thinking about the end result, as I mentioned in the last point. And in no way, shape or form, attempt perfection in your drafts. When it gets to revision, that's when you want to bring in your editor brain. That's when you want it switched on. That's when you want to start thinking about perfecting things. But when you're drafting, it's all about getting the words down, letting the words flow, writing rubbish, writing anything at all, as long as you're writing. Number four is to give your drafts plenty of resting time. Now, that's not always possible if you have a deadline and if you're writing very tightly to that deadline. And for those of us who are published authors, we know what that can be like. But if possible, give your drafts resting time because what you want to happen is that you want to be able to go back to that draft and to, or that revised draft or whatever form it is, whatever number of draft it is. You want to be able to read it as if it's somebody else's work so that you've got perspective and objectivity. Now, we never actually read our work as if it's somebody else's because we're so connected to it. We can't cut that tie completely. But if we have time away from it, it does allow us some perspective. It gives us more objectivity. It gives you distance. And that way, when you reread it and you're trying to pretend it's somebody else's, you have got a little bit more distance and you've got a better eye to be able to pick up things that aren't working, things that are jarring, things that are missing, things that you need to add. So give your drafts resting time and see what you've got when you come back to it. How long for resting time? How long is a piece of string? A couple of weeks as a minimum, I would say. A month if you can do that. A few months if you've got that luxury. Probably the longer the better in terms of then coming back to it with that objective eye. So number five, this is so important, is to be kind to yourself. It's so easy to let imposter syndrome cripple us and stop us writing, to say, this is crap, why am I bothering? But this is a lifelong learning process. It's not like you learn a few things about writing or you write one book, tick, done, I know how to do that now. We're always learning. There's always ways we can improve. There's always new ways of saying something, of writing something, of presenting something. There's always craft books to read. And I know I use them as a procrastination tool. But honestly, you can actually learn a lot from craft books. You can learn a lot from going to workshops, reading other people's books, analyzing books that you love, books that you think, I really want to write like that. I want to write a book like this. Sit down and analyze it. Pretend it's a text from high school. Pull it apart and see what the writer's doing. But getting back to the point I was making, it is a lifelong learning process. Don't expect yourself to be perfect. Let's be honest, we're never going to be perfect. We can only be as good as we can get in that moment of time. So we need to recognise that and we need to acknowledge that for ourselves and we need to just say, you know what, I've done what I can for now. This is good enough for now. I'm doing okay. There's going to be days when you want to throw your computer or notebook at the wall and other days where you think you've just written a Pulitzer Prize winner. 
We need to accept each of those as part of the process and just keep putting down one word after the next. Dicks, and this is one that I had forgotten. And a few people that I've spoken to on the podcast, Kelly Rimmer is one that who this has reminded me of this year, Eliza Henry-Jones, and I think Holly Ringland, and a number of other writers who I've spoken to and have really brought this fact home to me is that you need to give yourself time to daydream. You need to allow the muse to inspire you. You need to spend time doing things that you love and things that are going to fill your creative well. So walking, listening to music, sitting in nature, meditating, drawing, playing, playing with your dog. Whatever inspires you, a walk along the beach perhaps, it's all valid and it's an important part of the whole journey. How does our mind pull things together? How does our mind make those little connections that we want to make in writing if we don't give it the time to do it? Yes, we make some of those connections when we are actually doing the writing, but we need daydreaming time too. So allow yourself to pull out a rug, lie on your back and look up at the clouds for a few moments, maybe 10 minutes, maybe half an hour, but really factor daydreaming time and creation time into your schedule if you need to schedule it, which is probably a good idea. Number seven, stay connected to other writers. Being around people who have the same passion, understand the process and are there to support you through rejections and acceptances will help keep you on track. Now, writing groups aren't for everybody. As regular listeners will know, I am in a fabulous writing group, The Inkwell, but they're not for everybody. Some people prefer to have a more solitary way of writing. They don't want to do that. Not that we collaboratively write, but we meet regularly, we share, we give feedback. That's not for everyone, but I still think it's important to stay connected to other people who write, whether you do that by going to writing workshops, going to writing festivals, conferences, Maybe having one or two writing friends who you can, if you don't want to share work, at least talk to about your work and about the writing life. Because there are going to be times when you do feel down about your work and you just want to be able to vent. And also you might want a shoulder to cry on when you get those rejections. You have to have people who understand how it feels to have your writing rejected. You also need to have people who understand how it feels have something accepted and to have something published because people who aren't writers really don't get it the way that we do. And I really believe that having some sort of connection or some sort of supportive group around you of other writers who can hold you up in the bad times and celebrate with you in the good is really important. Number eight, and these are all sort of sub points of if you plan to be traditionally published. Now, as we know, there are numerous ways to now be published. You can be published on audio first. You can be published traditionally. You can be published by a big five published trad publisher or a smaller press. You can also self-publish or indie publish, as it's called. So there's a lot of options and you need to think carefully about what will suit you and your personality best. If you're someone that really seriously needs that outside validation, you might want to think about traditional publishing. If you're someone that really doesn't want to have to wait in line, to have to wait for the feedback, to put up with the rejections, and they come, believe me, you might want to think about indie publishing. I'll leave that to you to think about what suits you best. But if you do plan to be traditionally published, here's a few things that I think you really should remember. Make sure that your manuscript is as perfect and polished as it can be before submitting. You generally only get one shot with a public publisher or agent, 
So you don't want to waste it. Sometimes you might get a second chance to present the same manuscript later on after you've reworked it, but usually it's a yes or no based on whatever you submit. Now, it's really tempting, and I know because I have done it myself in the past, to submit something when it's really not quite ready. How do you know it's ready? Work on it as much as you can. Get it to a point where you feel you absolutely cannot do any more at that point in time to polish it. Then, this is where your trusted writer friends come in, give it to one or two writer friends to read and ask them for honest feedback. Ask them for the kind of feedback that you're looking for. Is it on plot? Is it on character? Is it on the overall narrative shape? Is it on the structure? Or do you want the nitty-gritty down-to-the-line copy-edit type feedback? Be sure to ask what type of feedback you're after because that will impact the way that they read the book. Also a great idea to give it to maybe a trusted friend who is a reader only, who will give you a reader's perspective. Now, that being said, choose the people that you give it to very carefully. It's very easy to have yourself knocked around if people give you the wrong kind of feedback. Anything that you could take as criticism, if you're feeling a little bit vulnerable or fragile about people reading your work, you need to develop that thick skin, but it's not always there. So think very carefully about who you share your work with, who you give it to. I always say, Don't give it to your family or really close friends first up unless there's somebody that you know you can talk to about the type of feedback you want and are going to give you somewhere around that because it is very easily to be just have your ego trampled on basically by people that, you know, might even give you the wrong kind of feedback. So get your manuscript as polished as it can. Some people have asked me and other writing teachers and writers, should I get a manuscript assessment? That's an option. Another option is to actually get a professional edit done on your work before you submit it. And Anita Heiss, who I spoke to this week for the podcast, highly recommends that. But that is also a financial outlay. But yeah, that's where if you do have other writers, particularly if they're published themselves and they know a little bit more about the publishing industry, they can be really helpful to you in deciding whether it is ready for that next step of actually submitting. Having said, work on it as much as you can and get it to that polished point. The other thing is to know that there comes a point when it's time to let the manuscript go. There will be a point where you've done everything that you possibly can on that manuscript at that point in time. And you need to listen to your gut. This is where listening to our gut and following our instincts becomes important. You need to know when it is time to press send. And you need to just be really honest and realistic about that. And then you just have to send it out into the universe with all the good vibes and hope for the best and get on with the next book. If you want to do something completely different, try that. If you want to try a short story or memoir, if you want to try writing some poetry, sometimes it's good to mix it up and do some different little things in between. That said, just be aware that if you have sent a particular genre or type of book to a publisher and they do accept it, they will be expecting you to produce the same type of book next time. There is a tendency for traditional publishers to put you in a box in terms of genre. They basically want the same thing the next time and the next time, different characters, different place, but the same genre. So if you're writing romance, for instance, they're going to want another romance book from you. If you're writing rom-com, the same thing. If you're writing crime, the same thing. That's not to say that down the track you can't mix it up a bit, but for your first few books, they're definitely going to want the same genre from you. But Importantly, while it's out there with publishers or agents being looked at, and that can take months, can take anything up to six months or even longer, you need to get on with the writing. And then send positive vibes out into the universe. 
and stay positive about it. Number eight, accept rejection <laughs> as part of the process. If you get feedback and you often won't get feedback from a publisher, you may never hear from them again. As I said, probably after about six months, it's okay to follow up, but you might never hear back. In that case, they're not interested. If you do get feedback from a publisher or an agent about your work, consider it and learn from it. We do have a tendency often to say, oh no, they've hated everything about my manuscript on the first reading. But sometimes when you go back and read it again, you can see that they have pointed out specific things. Also know that reading is subjective. We all know this, but publishers are readers too. Agents are readers. Sub-publishers, just like some readers, are going to love your writing and some won't. But the reality is this is a business and they're going to be looking for certain things to fill gaps in their list. They're also going to be looking for the next new big thing, which they often don't know what that is until they read it. They often want, if it's a big five trad publisher, they often want a high concept book something that's really going to hit the shelves with a bang. And if they don't take your book on, it doesn't mean that your book or your writing is rubbish. It just means it's not for them at this point in time. So while it, this is that whole double-edged sword thing, because the last point I said, send positive vibes out into the universe and stay positive about your writing. But I've also said accept rejection as part of the process. So it's really getting that balance between, yes, it's positive, I'm hoping for the best with this book, but it's also knowing that, you know, there is a 99% chance that at some point in your writing career, you are going to have a book rejected. It might be not be your first book. It might get over the line and you might think everything's fantastic and you're set. Spoiler alert, down the track, three, four, five books in, you could have the next one rejected and you could find yourself looking for a new publisher. So just realise that this is part of the process. It's part of the industry um, don't let it deter you if writing is what you love and if having a book published is what you really want to do. See it as a challenge and think that publisher didn't want it, I'm going to try for the next one. How do you know when you should take the criticism that you're getting on board because it is subjective? I would say if you're getting the same kinds of feedback back from publishers and agents, that's when it's time to sit down and start to have a look. Okay, a few of them now have mentioned that I haven't gone deep enough with my characters. A few of them have mentioned that there's plot holes. Where are they? Go back to the drawing board, have a look at it, get somebody else to read it and talk to you about it. Maybe that's the point at which you might get a manuscript assessment. Who knows? But, yeah, just remember that it's a seesaw. It's rejection one minute, celebration and publication the next, hopefully, but it's all part of the process. Number nine, get yourself a basic author website when you do start submitting. So once you've got that final draft finished, you're sending it out, you are aiming, setting your sights on publication, that's when you need a basic author website. You don't have to spend a lot of money. You can do free websites. You can get someone like the fabulous Michelle Barakoff at Fresh Web Design to create a fantastic website for you, or you can do it yourself and you can do that on Squarespace, WordPress, a number of different platforms. Also get yourself onto Facebook, Instagram, maybe TikTok, Twitter, who knows what's happening with Twitter at the moment. Maybe TikTok, depending on your genre. TikTok's great for anybody in a rom-com, fantasy, romance, that world. But also realise that a lot of the people who have become popular authors because of TikTok have become popular because book reviewers have pushed their books. But TikTok is, yeah, I don't know. I was on the fence about it. I'm starting to lean more towards it. 
it's quite a natural place to be in terms of the types of videos and things that go on there. There's some funny stuff on there. You can talk straight to camera. Believe me, you do have to get used to having your face out there. People want to see who you are if you're an author. They want to know a little bit about you as a person. If you're not really into social media, maybe lurk for a while and follow other authors who you would like, see what they're doing, learn a few tricks, and then just start dipping your toe in the water gradually. Publishers will expect you to have some sort of social media presence, and it's a good way to connect with readers and other writers. It's a, there's a great writing community out there on, on social media, on Facebook, on Instagram, and on TikTok, and I, I was dubious about it to start with, but I've really come to enjoy it and I love learning about it. It's another aspect of the industry to learn about. Number nine, keep learning. This could be number nine. It could be number 10. Who knows? (laughs) Do courses, attend writers' festivals, join writing organisations, share your work if you feel up to it with fellow writers, give and receive feedback, which, by the way, even if you are a little bit nervous about Giving feedback and receiving feedback are two of the best ways to learn about writing and about improving your writing. Read craft books, listen to podcasts. Caveat, don't just do these things. Write simultaneously. And remember, you can't learn everything at once. Your writing will evolve the more you do it. And there will be some things that you've heard about or that you think you learned years ago that might you might get an aha moment about now or next week or next year. So I personally think it's important to keep learning and important to think about how you can keep improving your writing at the same time as still doing it. And the last point, number 10, is to always remember what you love about writing and why you started doing it in the first place. That is the thing that will keep you going. So for some of us, for some writers out there, they don't want to be published. They don't want to be on a bookshelf. They don't want to have their words in the hands of readers. You can still write just for the love of it. You can write just for yourself. You can write for family members. You can write for friends. Maybe later down the track you might decide to share something. But for those of us who are published, who want to be published, always remember why we do it. We do this because we love writing, we love creating stories, we love escaping into that world of our own making, we love getting words on the page, crafting them, tweaking them, editing them, revising them and seeing what we've got. It's a wonderful creative pursuit that expresses your unique take on the world and it helps you process the way things, it helps you come to understand things. Doing it for these reasons is enough and it's important. Anything else is icing on the cake. So there you have it. They're my 10 lessons learned, I guess, in 10 years of publishing. It's been an absolutely wild ride. I'm really excited to be at this point in my career. Personally, I have had a few rough times, I guess. I, After four books in the traditional publishing industry, I had a book rejected. My publisher didn't really want to, pu- well, they didn't want to publish it. There's the reality. So after shopping it around a little bit and getting more rejections, I published it myself. I then republished my second trad published book from Essie's Way to All We Dream. And I do have some news that is, oh, I wish I could share it with you right now, but I can't. So I'm just waiting for things to be finalised. And in the meantime, I am celebrating 10 years of publishing Blackwater Lake came out 10 years ago this month and all I can say is it's been a fantastic 10 years. I have loved every minute of it and even 
I have to say that while the reje- rejections were hard, and I know that they're going to come in the future as well, I've sat back after a while and really learned from them. And as I said, realised they're part of the industry. But the best part of the industry for me, the best thing about being a writer is the people that I connect with. So connecting with readers and having people read your books, getting in touch with you and saying, I just couldn't put this book down. I loved this character. I love that moment or the way you expressed something. It really is fantastic. It's an indescribable feeling. And also connecting with my fellow writers and just having such a great camaraderie with so many people in the industry doing this podcast, being able to meet so many people through this as well. And, of course, a shout-out to my amazing writing group, The Inkwell, who have supported me through all of the ups and downs, and we'll continue to do that. I hope that this has been illuminating for you or I hope that there's something in here that you have found useful. I wish you all the best with your writing, and here's to another 10 years of books and writing and reading. Cheers. Thanks for listening to Rights for Women. I hope you've enjoyed my chat with this week's guest. If you did, I'd love it if you could add a quick rating or review wherever you get your podcasts so others can more easily find the episodes. Don't forget to check out the backlist on the Rights for Women website. So much great writing advice in the library there. And you can also find the transcript of today's chat on the website too. You can find details on the website on how to support the podcast through Patreon, and get exclusive access to the extended audio and video of the monthly craft episode. And you can connect with me through the website at rightsforwomen.com, on Instagram and Twitter at W4WPodcast, the Facebook page Rights for Women, or find me and my writing at pamelacook.com.au. Thanks for listening, have a great week, and remember, every word you write, you're one word closer to typing the end. <laughs>